0: I look at myself as a dirtbag. You know, I, I'm less than nothing. I, you know, I'm, I'm less than worthless. That's not at all how God wants us to view ourselves. There's far more places in scripture that talks about the wonder and the amazement of who you are as a child of God. Welcome to the VR Coalition podcast. After traveling the globe for over 30 years doing Catholic ministry, I discovered that Catholic men and women are craving direction, a genuine sense of purpose. We wanted to help. If you're a Catholic looking for inspiration, direction, a sense of belonging, and want to discuss daily life, chasing dreams, working hard, and even the hard topics like loss, failure, despair, the signs of the times, then you're in the right place. Each week, we discuss real life as Catholic men and women. The Be Ready Coalition helps you be ready, spiritually, mentally, and physically, For whatever life may throw your way. Whether you are already a prayer warrior, or maybe you are a new convert to the faith,
1: or maybe you are a lifelong Catholic looking to achieve your goals in your spiritual and personal life, this podcast will give you a deep sense of direction and the next best steps that you can take to live the life of peace, purpose, and prosperity our Lord wants for you. We are your hosts, Father and Son, Jordan and Doug Berry, and it's great to have you join us today. Hey everybody, welcome to the BR Coalition podcast. My name is Jordan Beer. I'm here with my dad, Doug Berry, and today on episode 22, we're talking about the opposite of fear. And we do have some really exciting news to share with you, so
0: be sure to stay till the end. Uh, before we get started, though, let me start with a prayer. You bet. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, of the Holy Spirit, amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. St. Joseph, terror of demons, pray for us. Amen. The the Father, Son, Son, Holy Spirit. Spirit.
1: Amen. If you find this information helpful and you want to take this to the next level, go to brcoalition.com forward slash training. And we have a lot more resources on the website and the page there. All right. So, like I said, we are going to be announcing some pretty exciting news here at the end of the podcast. So be sure to stick around to the end. Uh, But let's get right into it. We're going to cover this uh, topic in three main parts. The first part, we're going to talk about fear. And so what is the opposite of fear? We're going to answer that in part two. Um, But let's first cover a little bit about how we can be more comfortable sitting in pain if it means that we don't have to face the fear Mm. of change. And I think our imagination can play a big part in that because we don't know, know what's coming. So we're okay with just sitting in a a state of of pain or discomfort, just because it's familiar to us.
0: Yeah, people grew up with that. Um, They grew up in sometimes a dysfunctional family of some sort, and they can become comfortable with the dysfunction. Uh, And the steps that it takes to get out of that is sometimes, um, uh, well, fearful, but it's an overwhelming sense for some. I don't know what I would do. You saw this even when the Soviet Union broke apart uh, and there were reports, you know, so many reports coming out, you know, that communism was dying, which it really hasn't completely died over in Russia. But when the Soviet Union itself fell apart many years ago, um, there were reports of people not knowing what to do. Because they were used to being told what to do. They were used to living under the oppression of a communist regime. And now they had a little more ability to kind of take steps on their own. And a lot of people just didn't know what to do. They didn't didn't want to do that. Um, You know, you see another example that's similar to this in some ways of someone who's in jail. Uh, You know, people who are in jail a lot and the repeat offenders, they're going to jail, they get out. They're not comfortable out in the real world. They're more comfortable, some of them, back in jail. I'm not talking about hardened criminals necessarily like, you know, you know, death row murder type level, but there are people who will re re-offend, get put back in the system because there's something comfortable about even the, the pain of living in that they're cared for in different ways. There's something in them that doesn't want, and this isn't maybe a really common problem. I haven't looked into it a lot, but I did hear about this and, and read a little bit on it, that there is a problem with people who sometimes they just, they just don't want to get out of that discomfort. You know for fear, for uh, for the steps that it might take the unknown, as you said, and it it can really leave you in a world of hurt. And for the average person listening or watching right now, you know if there's anything in your life you've kind of grown up with some sort of disorder, some sort of dysfunction and the idea of getting out of it is a little intimidating. Um, that's one of the reasons we want to do this podcast. help you get help you get past that.
1: I think a good question for ourselves and anybody listening right now. Is maybe if we go through our day and ask ourselves if there's any areas in our life that on a consistent basis we're enduring this unnecessary pain example maybe kind of trivial but there was this pile of stuff in my garage for a while (laughs) (laughs) and every day to get in the car i'd have to walk around the pile i put it there so i'd remember to take it to i think it was goodwill or you know catholic social services and it sat there forever and i just got used to it so i'd take this longer trip to get around to the door i have to open the door and kind of squeeze in and then one day i realized that that thing was that pile was still there so it's a small example right but is there anything in our lives right now that can be like that pile in the garage or in front of what you yeah. need to get done that's a good visual you know? actually i mean
0: cuz anybody you know everybody probably right now understands that image. It doesn't have to be in your garage, right? Your bedroom. Maybe there's a pile of clothes yeah. in your bedroom, or there's something. Stack there. of dishes somewhere, yeah. And you walk by it, and you're constantly thinking, "I got to get to that. I'm going to get to that. I know I need to get to that. I'm not getting to that. Mm-hmm. I don't know what is it? I'm, I'm not doing it." Um, And, you know, for whatever reason, and there are many reasons, and some of it is, it takes effort. It's, we talk about microtasking a lot here. We want to help people take the little steps. But I think the fear part of it, since we really wanted to focus on that when it comes to this is, you know, there there can be a fear of what to do with the pile, figurative or literal here. Yeah. Fear of the effort. Fear of the effort, the little bit of suffering that you have to put up oh, front with. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's a hot day. It's summertime, especially here in East Texas, and I gotta, I gotta go outside and fix that, that garden hose thing. You know, mm-hmm. and and it's it, there can be that. And when we're saying fear, we don't want anybody to misunderstand us. Sometimes it can be fear, like, well, I just can't do this. I'm, I'm terrified of what's around the corner. That's maybe not so much the case with this type of pile. Sure, but you're right. There's the intimidation of the effort. People can be afraid of the effort, not just the fear that something could go bad. Yeah, but
1: I think that's bigger than
0: people give it credit. Oh, I, yeah, I agree with that. Just
1: fear of effort.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. like when a doctor looks at you and says, you know, you've got to lose 80 pounds. You know, your heart is about to collapse or, you, you, you know, you've got a possible onset of dementia. And that's a whole different level now of fear. But you can make changes and there's a lot of effort that would need to go into that in order for that outcome to be better. And there are people who are just afraid to put the energy into it. How
1: about the spiritual life? How about being afraid of going to confession, confessing that sin maybe that's been eating away at you? Mm -hmm. Maybe you've been skipping Sunday Mass or you have skipped Sunday Mass in the past, or uh, you've done one of those borderline sins where you don't know if it was entirely mortal or if it was venial. So, but just to be safe, you're not going to communion and you're just embarrassed and you don't want to go to confession, yeah.
0: you know? So a little scrupulosity might be. yeah. Angry, yeah.
1: yeah. And getting the gumption up to go and do a confessional. Yeah. Sometimes you can really psych yourself out. So, oh. I mean, maybe talk about that fear a little bit.
0: Yeah. I mean, there can be the fear of, of having to face yourself, having to hear yourself say it. It mm-hmm. can be the fear sometimes of having, you know, it's, you were, Call yourself a repeat offender. And face it, we all go to confession for the same sins over and over and over, depending on what they are, different stages of our life. But you can fear that you got to go to that priest and say the same thing. And man, that's embarrassing. Like, he's got to know who I am by now. Oh, yeah, he's got to be tired of this, you know. And he's got to be thinking this and that. And that is not how God wants us to operate when it comes to mercy. And even if the priest has that issue, that's on the priest. And and he's yeah. gonna have to answer to God for that. You're you're going to get the sacramental grace. And you've got to let that truth of sacramental grace overcome the fear of having to confront yourself by hearing yourself say it again, whatever these sins are again, or the fear that the priest is gonna. Think this or that about you. He's going to see you again. And, oh, here we go again. Not this guy. Or like you said, you know, the fear that that you're not sure what the sin is or isn't. Well, then bring it up in the confessional yeah. and ask the priest. About ask it. the question. Yeah. You know, is this a sin? Yeah. And if you're yeah. afraid that, well, the priest is going to think I'm, you know, I'm a bad Catholic because I don't know. That that's that's not a good direction to lean either. That we're afraid that the priest might think. Poorly of us for not knowing whether something is or isn't seriously sinful or gravely sinful. Bring it up. Ask the question. Ask it 10 times if you have to. um, So you can come to an understanding, a confident understanding in the truth of it. All
1: right, let's move on to part two here. We can let fear paralyze us because we lack confidence in ourselves, because we have low self esteem in some or all areas. So we can bring this point up here. It's nearly impossible to achieve more than. What you think you're worth, even if and people have done studies on this too, where people have um, put in a lot of work at something, maybe it's their job or their family life, and they've attained something really great, but they don't think they deserve it. Like inside, they believe they don't deserve it. They will consciously or subconsciously self sabotage themselves and bring them back down to where they they value themselves, and. We all need, and we were talking about this before, that our identity and how we value ourselves need to be, needs to be rooted in the fact that we are all children of God. We need to ask ourselves on a consistent basis, are we limiting ourselves because we don't think that we deserve something? And if we don't think we deserve something, why? Are we not doing things in our private life that make, our, make us proud of ourselves when we, you know, we're always talking about looking in the mirror? Yeah. When we look in the mirror, are we proud of who we're seeing? And if not, what do we need to do to change that?
0: Yeah, there's are certain areas, uh, you know, even in our Catholic faith that can can really, if they're taken out of context, or if certain points are missed about it, can really lead to that confidence issue. Even when it comes to feeling, you know, like you're significant enough in God's eyes, let alone anybody else's eyes on Earth. Uh, you know, when you hear some of the writings of saints that are reported as you know, we all deserve hell, I think is what one saint said. Well, there's a real pick-me-up for the day. Um, we all deserve <laughs> hell. Ooh, you know, I, that uh, is that how God wants us to view ourselves? I love you, you're my children, but you all deserve hell. But, and I, some would say, no, but if you break it down, theologically what it means is, well, therein lies the problem. Most of the time it isn't broken down in such detail so that we understand if we willfully choose to live in the state of obstinate mortal sin and reject God's grace, yeah, you kind of deserve hell because you've chosen it. Yeah, that's different than just hearing the statement. We all deserve hell. Therefore, I look at myself as a dirt bag. You know, I, I'm less yeah. than nothing. I, you know, I'm I'm less than worthless. That's not at all how God wants us to view ourselves. There's far more places in Scripture that talks about the wonder and the amazement of who you are as a child of God.
1: I think that gets really misunderstood. Like you just said, we have to choose hell. You know, we think that, you know, you get to judgment day, you stand up there, pearly gates, were you a good person, bad person? Yes. No. Oh, no, bad person. Lever gets pulled and you fall down to (laughs) hell. (laughs) Welcome. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I wouldn't know. I don't know. No, I've never been. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully never will. Hopefully never will. Yeah. Um, But that's a good point. People have to choose. Hell, just like we have to choose to right. sin, and that's what makes a mortal sin is when it's full knowledge.
0: Uh, it is a grave matter right. and full consent. Right, right, and 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 God knows the heart, and this is something we have to understand: is that God knows every single heart better than we know ourselves, and He understands what we're going through. He understands the chapters of our lives. He understands what obviously makes, something less, makes someone less culpable of a sin based on certain circumstances. We're not presuming on God's mercy. That's not the point here. The point is that God does understand the heart that cries out to him and the heart that wants to love him and wants to know him. We should have confidence in that. Now, it's interesting because I can say that and the audience can listen and say, oh yeah, and, and, and then does that just flip a switch and all of a sudden now the light bulb goes off and they have confidence in themselves because of God's mercy and love? It may not be that easy for many. For some, it could be. But for some, it's going to be hard to have that kind of confidence when you look in the mirror in yourself, even when you hear these things, it requires really a deep personal connection with God, which sometimes means consistent... Uh, no, it always means consistent prayer, but sometimes means consistent... Um, feeling like you're crawling on the pavement type of prayer. Like you're struggling hard, but God wants to know that we we are in this. That's gonna be our next podcast, actually. Yeah. So
1: <laughs> tune in next week. Yeah. For exactly.
0: uh why your prayers aren't working. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Wait a minute. I got to get that answered myself. <laughs> now, you know, but we all do go through those moments when you can start to feel very insignificant, very small. Mm-hmm. Um, when you hear about certain song, certain songs out there, when you hear the, the lyrics about you know you're dust in the wind, you're a vapor, and you're gone. You know, and you think, okay, that doesn't make me feel very valuable. Well, then
1: nothing matters. Then right, right, and I can right. do whatever I want because it's not going to matter. I'm well, just sure, I'm, just, I'm here and I'm gone. Yeah. I'm, no, I'm like, yeah. I'm
0: like a dandelion weed that dries up and blows away in the wind. You know, and yeah, and, and that's not how God wants us to look at this, and it's it's really not what the church has ever officially taught or what the, even the great saints, mystics who had incredible spiritual encounters with God uh that's not not even what they got and and i i want to emphasize one key thing saint thomas aquinas the prince of theologians that's what he's known as uh this is a man who could dictate five different subjects to five different people to write down at the same time we're talking deep theological subjects you know the perpetual virginity of the blessed mother the 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 incarnation you know the trinity and so forth i can't even dictate how to change oil how to bake cookies you know how to build a chicken coop all at the same time You don't have somebody write it coherently down, yet this man could do this, and God touched him towards the end of his life, and everything that he had written, he tried to burn, because he said, what God has shown me is is beyond what I've written. What I've written is straw compared to what God has shown me. That personal mystical encounter that he had with God should be something we all remember. God is so far above even our lack of confidence but if we were so insignificant, and this is a question I've wrestled with, and I'm sure many people have, why then would God be sustaining my very existence and giving me wonderful moments of, of, of joy and, and beauty in life? So, it, it, you know... And give us the freedom to choose. Oh, yeah. Why would he do that? We have the freedom. Yeah. We have the opportunities to, to, to make choices that that can lead to great things or or destructive things. That The love in freedom... Is something that we cannot underestimate. Why would God give you free will to this and that? So, so you have the freedom to love Him back and love others or not, and in that lies one of the one of the greatest uh, defining factors of who we are. All right, part three. Let's talk
1: a little bit about how we build self confidence. Some practical steps that we can do because God put us in a, a re- the real world. Yeah, we can't just pray our problems away. Prayer first action second. So let's talk a little bit about, we did talk about our identity and valuing ourselves, but I think it's important to bring up this here and people have done a lot of studies lately on this. And this is kind of a point of uh, contention among a lot of people. Uh, Some people think that our identity, sorry, our behavior follows our identity. So whoever we identify as, like if you identify as a hardworking person or a lazy person, then your behavior will follow that just because you say it. When in all reality, our identity will follow how we behave, also known as right. the choices we make, is who we're going to look at ourselves. We're right. going to see ourselves as the choices we make. And when you say
0: identity, we want people to understand that the identity of being a child of God is. At, is the root of all of this exactly we're talking about how we look at ourselves with regards to our day-to-day living Right. And, how you perform at your job correct yeah how you a yeah. husband a father of a family yeah. if you see
1: yourself as a good dad yeah. or a bad dad I th- identify as stuff. a
0: procrastinator exactly oh, i think i'm lazy and, yeah well and you're saying yeah people well therefore because i'm lazy therefore i'm going to behave this way when really it's the other way around exactly you're lazy because you're
1: Choosing to be lazy, yeah, or you're a hard worker because you're choosing yeah. to be a hard worker. Yeah, we all have personalities. Yes, we got to get over those though. We have to get past our personality. Yeah, we're supposed to perfect, <laughs> yeah, you know, and, and progress in those things. So,
0: yeah, in, in the early years of of the ministry of Radix that I that I still it's still officially around, but in the early years when I would travel a lot as the group Radix. There was an individual, a, a young man who was in Radix, and we had this very conversation. You were probably five at the time. I mean, it was that long ago. And he said in so many words, this is what my personality is. Therefore, that's how I behave. You know, and so because I'm this way, um, personality wise, uh, I might be short tempered. You know, I might be impatient. And That's just who I am. Therefore, I'm going to behave that way. And, I, and I, I told him, no. I said, you're making choices. And you can make choices to change those things. The goal is to always strive for the virtuous things, the things that are good, that are positive, that are uplifting, that build, and turn away from the things that are destructive. And you know that's something that is ongoing every day as we record this, as people listen to this. People are going to the doctor, and the doctor is looking at them right now and saying, you have to stop smoking because your lungs are black. You're going to die soon if you don't. They have to then, they can't say, I identify as a smoker, therefore I'm, you know, that's just the way it is. Your choices are what's leading to this. So along those lines is what you're saying though, right? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So
1: um, going back to how to build self-confidence, I just wanted to read this here. So if you think about it, if you're constantly failing in your commitments to yourself or others, whether they're big or small, you will knowingly or unknowingly lack trust in yourself, of course, you'll be afraid to make changes in your life or try something new or different. You can't trust yourself in the small things, so how could you trust yourself in the big things? And so if we constantly tell ourselves, I'm going to do this, and then you don't do it, you're yeah. going to, to knowingly or unknowingly identify as maybe a bit of a liar to yourself, Yeah, and you're not going to trust yourself, because yeah. no one trusts a liar.
0: Yeah, you won't be able to rely. There's no reliability. There's right. no consistency. There's no discipline. And then you can start telling yourself, well, I'm, I'm just an undisciplined, inconsistent, unreliable liar. Therefore, mm-hmm. I'm going to live that way. I mean,
1: take uh, New Year's resolutions, for example. We did this way back in January, yeah. a podcast on this. If you say, I'm going to do this, and then a month later, you, you've stopped doing it, then you were just, you know, making stuff up. <laughs> <laughs> you're, like, just what, what, making stuff you're just making stuff up. You're just wasting man. time at this yeah. point, you know. I'm not yeah. saying that you didn't put some effort in and try maybe learn right. a few things along the way, but if you do that over and over and over again. Yeah. That's a really bad habit to get into. Yeah. And I'm just as guilty as it is the next guy. But yeah. that's that's why we're talking about this is today. Yeah. Is so we can recognize it and make some subtle changes. Yeah, and I
0: think you know it, it, a lot of where the change needs to begin is you have to look at, at yourself and say, look, there are things that okay, even if you like do an inventory, if you will, of yourself. And we're not talking again about the fact that you're a child of God. We're talking about the way you function day by day in this natural world and ask yourself, am I a reliable person? Am I a disciplined person? Am I consistent? Uh, Am I, am I uh, faithful to my word, to others and to myself? Um, And then you kind of run down a list like that and, uh, you know, you find other questions along those lines, you know, and then ask yourself, um, okay, what steps do I need to start taking to a, to, to attain these goals, to what what I would really like to be, and then you can change yourself. People have to understand you can change your appetite within a month, give or take, of what you what foods you like. And pretty soon, certain things that you thought were the greatest thing in the world, you know, some junk food item, this or that, you can change your appetite. You can reorder your taste buds. All right, if you start to behave differently, these these are scientific facts. The amount of control we have is scary. It really is. Yeah. Yeah, you can change your sleep patterns to some degree. You can okay. change the way you think. You can
1: knowingly or unknowingly. Yeah, we—I've
0: <laughs> met enough people. We know people who, depending on what they're what they're putting in the eyes and the ears, what they're reading, what they're listening to, they will change the way they think. I said this recently to somebody. You're a different person than you were years ago, and he looked at me and said, "I know." And I said, "What do you think it is?" And they said, "It's you know, it's what I've been reading, what I've been listening to." And, and that's the sort of thing that we have to acknowledge. Uh, it's kind of like when you, you know, I would give talks years ago about music when teens are listening to some really harsh music and there's always there's always bad music out there. And they would always say, oh, I'm just listening to the beat. I'm just listening to the beat. I don't pay attention to the lyrics. But if you start humming the beat 10 years later, 15 years later, those lyrics come right back to your head. Anybody driving down the road or listen to some oldie station, if you grew up with that music, you can almost immediately, many people can go right back to those words that they didn't think they were paying that much attention to, and the memories of what they were doing at that time will associate with the music and the words. Mm-hmm. We train ourselves, in other words, very much by what we put in our heads and in our eyes. It affects our heart. It affects our behavior. We're going to build confidence. We're going to overcome fear. We're going to change that kind of worldly self-identity, not the identity of God that he gives us as a child, but that I identify as lazy or this or that, Those steps can be taken right right now. All right. So let's go over the four,
1: just some ideas that people can do right now today. All right. Number one, I'm a huge proponent of this and that is stop hitting the snooze button. Yeah. If you set your alarm, because you decided to the night before, (laughs) get up when it goes off. Yeah. And I'm really bad at this. So what I did is I plugged my phone in about 10 feet away from my bed at night now. So if it goes off, I have to get up and walk 10 feet <laughs> and I turn it up loud so that if it goes off too yeah. long, it'll actually wake up my kids. So yeah. I'm up. <laughs> I hit it. It takes it. It takes more effort. But because of that initial effort that you have to do to shut off the alarm, you've already done it. So it makes it that much harder to get in bed. Yeah. And that's what you're
0: trying to be trying to. Play that game with yourself. I used, I used to do that. I had back when it was just alarm clocks and I had to get up in time for, I used to work on a garbage route, I had to get up at 5 a.m. I would put the alarm clock on the other side of the room and I would put obstacles like eight foot long, two by two boards and and all, I mean, I would put them and stack them and like, <laughs> it was terrible. I had to go over things, move things to shut the alarm off, hoping it would wake me up enough as I was going through all that process. It worked. Yeah.
1: So, so figure it out. But those little steps
0: (laughs) like you just described and I described are examples of what you do in order. They're little, but you do that to accomplish that change that you know you need to make.
1: Right. And if you really want that change, you will find a way to do it. Yeah. If you you really want to eat that ice cream, you'll find a way to get to the store and eat the ice cream. If you really want to work (laughs) out, you'll figure out a way to work out and you won't make up excuses. You'll create the flow and stop the friction. I was talking to one, uh, young man not too long ago about he was really struggling with his routine in his life so uh we talked about this first step and that's start the day on your time you make the decision to get out of bed Mm. you made it the night before you made it in the morning and you're already starting on a good note so uh but he would still hit that snooze button or he said he wouldn't wake up to his alarm Mm. I said, so if you set twenty alarms a minute apart, would you wake up? He said probably. I said, do that then. How badly do you want to wake up? Yeah. And he did that. And he said about three or four in, he'd wake up. And then it <laughs> got better and better. And then his body got on a routine. Yeah. And that's he good. started waking up before his alarm. So that's good. It is possible. Yes. No matter how hard it is at first. All right, number two, educate yourself in an area you are afraid to discuss with other people. So sometimes it's really hard to talk to people about some problems in society right now yeah. with sexuality or Maybe it's defending your faith mm-hmm. and you're afraid to talk to certain people because you don't know what to say. Right. You know, educate yourself on that. Read, read good books. You know, ask some questions, like you said in the confessional earlier. Yeah. You know, ask a priest. Not in the confessional necessarily. You can go talk to him sure. or make a phone call. Yeah. Um, but this is a great step to just one for yourself to educate because mm-hmm. you've got to know these things. And two,
0: you know, uh, living in fear and avoiding conversations with people. It's no way to live your life. No, it isn't. And and this is something, you know, I would tell the members who worked for me in Radix years ago, don't talk about anything that you don't know about and can't back up. In other words, don't be afraid to, to say, I don't know. Don't be afraid to not discuss. Yeah. Make clear, this is what I think, this might be my opinion, as opposed to what is true. And there are people out there, everybody's got an opinion, everybody wants to give their opinion. Opinions don't matter a whole lot most of the time. You know, I I don't like news commentators who just go on and speculate forever. You know, a while back we had the tragic situation of that that sub with the five people on it, the five men on it, that went down to go look at the Titanic sub. And for several days, because they lost the sub originally, several days, everybody was speculating how long could they have, how long would they have without oxygen, and, and, and what could they do here, and this and that. And then it comes out later that... Oh, it looks like the sub probably imploded um, within about an hour and a half or two hours of its initial dive, Mm -hmm. which was four days before, roughly. So all the speculation, all the opinions, all the conversation, sometimes is a lot of wasted energy. That's my opinion on that. All right. (laughs) But I also think that there's truth to that too, because we will just blabber all day long about stuff that we don't really know. And that's a waste of time sometimes. Talk is cheap. It is. So know what you're talking about if you want to discuss those things. You want to have a discussion of just, hey, what do you think? I don't know. What do you think? That's fine. If it's just a matter of, hey, we're just discussing what we think. But if you're not educating yourself on the facts and the truths of some of these things, then then some of that is just a lot of uh, whatever you think. And then tomorrow you find out what you were thinking was wrong because something has changed on this subject, whatever it might be. So I think it's important, like you said, learn. Study, read, self-educate, find good, faithful books or good, faithful people to talk to. Do some research on the authors before you just pick up any book and start reading. Absolutely, so true. A
1: lot of it is, a lot of it's garbage out there. It is. Yeah, it's not rooted in
0: in Christ at all. Yeah, find the right stuff.
1: Number three, this may come as a surprise. We've never said this before, but (laughs) exercise. (laughs) Oh, that's a new one for us. Get strong. There's no. There's no bad reason right. to get in better shape. Yeah. And we're not talking, we say this a lot too, you do not got to be a bodybuilder. Right. Or an Olympic athlete. An Olympic athlete. Yeah. Just get yeah. a little bit better than you were
0: yesterday. Yeah. That's yeah. all we're saying. 1% better. Yeah. And that adds up. And that can be even, you know, you know, to help your health, get stronger physically, exercise somewhat, also change your diet, eat yeah. better. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. Wait, is that that number four? Did I jump the gun? No. I didn't. Okay, good. Let's include that in number three then. (laughs) Change your diet a little bit. Get rid of some of the processed sugar. Get rid of the artificial colors, artificial flavors. Cut back on those things at the very least. Cut back on them, if not get rid of them. These things are going to help you with your decision-making process and every step that you take.
1: And man, that discipline that comes from exercising consistently and eating Mm. right consistently, talk about a confidence builder. Because when you walk in a room and you have a better posture Mm. and you feel better about yourself... You know, yeah. you're know, you taking care of that temple that houses the Holy Spirit. Yeah, uh, yeah. People notice it. You notice it about yourself. Yeah. There's a respect there. It's mutual. It's
0: a good example as a Christian to show others, not for vanity's sake either. People get carried away. Oh no, it would be vain to be focusing on, on my body. No, you no, should no. focus on your body. This, that, that's like, not said enough in the Catholic world. Honestly. It isn't. No. Yeah. And in fact, it's paragraph 2288 in the Catechism that health and life are precious gifts from God, and we have a responsibility to take reasonable care of them. We're not saying stand in the mirror for thirty minutes a day and, and no, pose. And, no, of course I mean not.
1: that's no, not at all what we're saying. But
0: just like we're supposed to groom ourselves, we're supposed to take you know, brush your teeth, you know, take care of your your take care of the hygiene. Okay, that's important as a Christian. It's also for anybody. It's healthy. It's also important as a Christian, and it's healthy for everybody. To make sure that you are feeding the temple of the Holy Spirit well, training it, exercising it so Mm -hmm. it can be reasonably healthy. One of the models I've used for years is the body's a temple of the Holy Spirit. That's from scripture. So therefore, maintain the temple. Just like you maintain a church, you fix the roof, you fix the air conditioning, you fix the plumbing, you fix the doors, the windows, when they're broken, when they're leaking. You don't look at a church that's all broken down and go, oh yeah, this place is clearly being well cared for because the presence of God is here. Well, the presence of God is within each of us, and there is a responsibility to take reasonable care of that temple. All right, number four, setting limits
1: that you're not going to break for yourself on how much you are on your phone or TV. Mm. So screen time is huge, and people don't realize how much just soul-sucking these screens are. <laughs> it does. I mean... It sucks the life right really, at you. You don't feel that... You don't feel good at all when you've been on a screen a long time, whether that's work or for recreation. no. no. You get out. It just—it's really hard to
0: get back into things. Um,
1: so yeah, really focus on setting limits and don't break them.
0: Yeah, one one rule that I try to follow is—you know—people will get in bed. They maybe they can't sleep. And they grab their phone and they start scrolling through something—Facebook, Instagram, whatever news. I used to do that sometimes, especially I would check news. Okay, number one you shouldn't be on a screen when you're trying to go to sleep because there is a a certain natural. Uh, effect that it has, the light from the screen on your eyes and Mm -hmm. your brain helps you. It hurts your ability to, to fall asleep. The second thing is I'm looking at news as I'm trying to go to sleep. That's crazy. All right. I should not be thinking about news in the world while I'm trying to go to sleep. So I've made a rule. Once I get to a certain place in my evening, I don't look at the phone anymore unless I'm making sure the alarm is set or if I've got to double check on a message from one of my kids or a friend or something. Um, But in general, um, set the rule, stick to it, and make sure that that screen time is minimal. Make it minimal, make nature bigger, okay? Get out into nature, make interaction with human beings bigger, make screen time smaller.
1: All right, so these are just four ideas to get started with. Again, personalize these, Uh, start small with one, or all of these things, but like we say over and over again, if you decide to do one of these things or all of them, you got to do them continually. Mm. Set even like, I'm going to do this for three months. And then at the three, end of three months, you're going to reevaluate. I'm not saying if you do this, you got to do this for the rest of your life. right? But at least start, pick a start and an end time, Yeah, commit to something, take care of it. Get that consistency That's in right. Yeah. Make them a non-negotiable for yourself and follow through. Yeah. All right. Just to recap, if you're struggling with self-confidence or fear, just remember The opposite of fear is self-confidence. So if you're scared to step out of your comfort zone, Mm. start building that trust with yourself by doing the little things in your personal life, and that will explode and carry out into every
0: other area of your life. Win the little victories. Little victories add up. Stack those victories. Stack the victories. Mm -hmm. They add up. They help the bigger picture.
1: All right. Well, let's get right to the exciting news here. We're launching a brand-new Catholic Life coaching program called Indomitable. Yeah. Our Be Ready Coalition membership is getting a huge overhaul. If you're ready to change your life, body, mind, and soul, to learn more, get on the waitlist now at brcoalition.com forward slash waitlist. The doors are officially opening on September 5th. So uh, this is pretty big. We've been working on this for a while now, rehauling BRC. Yeah,
0: this really stems from a quote from St. John Paul II, that God has given us all this indomitable human spirit to not be dominated by... By destructive things, by chaos, by sin, by the enemy, you know, even by your own failings, you know, we have that something inside of us that just wants to keep going. I always say, someone holds your head underwater, you don't want to be dominated. You will fight to get that head out of water because you want to breathe, you want to live. And so, this is our effort to help people understand what it is to be that fighter, that to, that the persevere. To never give up and to keep moving forward with every fiber of their being. So get on the waitlist now.
1: brcoalition.com forward slash waitlist. You'll get all the updates yeah. and you'll know when the doors are opening. You can get in. It's going to be an online membership. We're going to have a training vault with a lot of train, a lot of training videos and yeah. courses. Many courses on everything. Yeah. Um, that's you know physical preparedness, marriage, family life, prayer. Self-defense, yeah. uh, church safety, home security—all of these things. Going to be bringing
0: in some some other experts as well from outside, yep. so yep. that we're we're really you know broadening the reach and the information and the expertise in this. That's right.
1: And just a reminder: if you did enjoy this podcast, uh, as we share this free content each week, we ask you to share it with at least one friend. You mm-hmm. know, pay it forward. If you think this is going to help somebody, if it's helping you. That's all we ask, is please share it with other people.
0: Yes, but you think about this episode alone, everybody. There are people out there who struggle with the fear, the different points that we brought up at the beginning. They struggle, they struggle with the confidence issue. They struggle with the identity issue, even knowing that we're children of God, uh, but also identifying as I'm lazy and procrastinator. This is just me. This is who I am. They struggle with the choices that they make and how that affects what they become in this world and how then that impacts the people around them we can help a lot of people by just posing these questions and getting people to think about their actions, uh, their choices, how they view themselves, how they recognize their relationship with God. So we want to thank you all for being with us. Please, again, as my son said, share this with other people. Like it, uh, comment on it, let us know your thoughts on this, and uh, we look forward to seeing you all again very soon.
1: Thanks for joining us on this week's episode of the BR Coalition Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode and found it helpful to you, please rate and review this podcast. It means the world to us and helps
0: more Catholics find this content. And be sure to follow or subscribe so you don't miss any of our powerful upcoming episodes. Check out our website at brcoalition.com for all the resources and products we create to help you transform your life. God bless and strengthen you in this fight. We'll see you next time.